0: And we want to go to chapter four this morning. I'm going to be reading the first eleven verses from First Peter f- chapter four. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions. For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the Spirit the way God does. Verse 7, the end of all things is at hand, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins, Forever and ever. Amen. Let's just pause for a word of prayer. Father, we, we bow in your presence this morning to thank you for this most powerful word from First Peter chapter 4. And Lord, even though we've, we've simply parachuted into the middle of this book on this particular Sunday in our Life Change series... We absolutely believe that you can take this passage or a verse or even a word and affect change in our lives and our hearts. You can shift something eternally with a single verse of powerful scripture. And we pray that you would open our hearts and open our eyes this morning so that we can see spiritually what it is that you want us to, to do and what you want us to be for the glory of God. We thank you, Father, that you are here this morning in the presence of your Spirit. You're ready to stir our hearts and move us and change us a little more. We thank you for the boys and girls who came to faith in Jesus Christ this week. We pray that you'd cover them this morning and draw them close to you. And for those kids who live in a home that is not Christ-honoring or a home that doesn't believe in going to church, we pray that that change would take place too, so that you'd have your way, not only in the lives of these children, but in their family, mums and dads. Pour out your grace upon us this morning, Father. We need it, and we ask for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well this is the third installment in our series on life change, and today we want to talk about serving God and what that might look like here at the gathering for people who attend our church. First Peter chapter four verse 10 is our key scripture for the, the goal of making disciples and, and making disciples who are serving disciples. at first Peter 4:10 as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So if you and I are going to be good stewards of God's grace, if we're going to be good managers of the grace that God has poured into our lives, then we need to serve. And first of all, this morning, I want to say we should use our gifts to serve because God created us for that very purpose. God created us to serve. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So one of God's purposes for your life and, and my life is service, Christian service. One of the reasons why God made us in the first place. And, and so whenever we serve people, and wherever we serve people, we're actually serving God and fulfilling one of His divine purposes for our lives. The people who served children and their families for the last three weeks of Surge Camp were serving God. They weren't just helping at Surge Camp. They weren't serving the gathering simply, or the children or their families. They were They were actually serving God. But there's so much that keeps us from serving. We live such busy lives today. Who's got time to have a ministry? Gordon MacDonald tells a story in one of his books called Generosity. And he says, in, in ancient times, when the king of Siam had an enemy that he wanted to torment or destroy he would send that enemy a unique gift. He would send them a white elephant, a live albino elephant. These animals were considered sacred in the culture of the day, so the recipient of that gift had no choice but to pay attention to that precious, sacred gift that he was given uh, and intentionally care for the gift. The elephant would take an inordinate amount of time Uh, resources, energy, emotion, and finances. And over time, the legend goes, that the enemy would destroy himself because of this extremely burdensome process of caring for the gift. So if you've got any enemies, look for an albino elephant and send them via Canada Post. Folks, I think our spiritual enemy uses the same sort of tactic. Let, let's just say for a moment, and I'm looking at no one, you buy season's tickets for your favorite team, and most of the games are on Sunday. And you no longer have time to serve your local church because you got to go to the game. you got these tickets now, and you...
1: You want to get your money's
0: worth. Oh, I, I, I understand. Or, or let's say you buy, you buy a summer cottage and you miss most of the weekends at your church between May 2-4 and the end of September. I, I understand that. You, you've got to get your money's worth, right? Or, or let's say you have a health club membership to get in shape. Before you bought the membership, you used to get up early in the morning at 6 and spend your time having your first cup of coffee with your Bible and and your prayer list. But now, you don't have any other time in the day but 6 o'clock in the morning to go to the gym and work out. And I understand that. You've got to get in shape. Keep ripped. (laughs) Or, let's say one of your kids earns a spot on the traveling sports team and now you're just too busy to join our community impact ministry or our surge team as we serve others. Got any white elephants in your life? What's keeping you from serving God in the church What's keeping you from serving God in your community? What's keeping you from serving God in your workplace? Friends, we are created by God to serve God. So let's deal with those white elephants and get on with it. Serve until it hurts. Furthermore, we should use our gifts to serve because God saved us serve Him, We're not only created to serve, but we're saved. Salvation, one of the fringe benefits of salvation is that we get to serve God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, It is He who saved us and chose us for His holy work. Not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan long before the world began to show His love and kindness to us through Christ. For God saved you. God saved me. He chose us for His holy work. So in God's kingdom, you have a a place. You have a role to play. You have a, a part that's reserved only for you. Your unique talents and personality and gifting were given to you by God when He created you and saved you so that you could serve Him. The Bible reminds us in 1 Corinthians six twenty that we were bought with a price. A very costly one at that. God sent His one and only Son into the world so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God paid for our redemption with the life of His Son. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And one of the ways that we do that is to use this body, this physical hunk of flesh, to serve him and do something with this body. You say, well, I hurt in the morning. Well, that's what they created Advil for. <laughs> Take a pill and suck it up, buttercup, and start to serve. We don't serve God out of guilt. We don't serve God out of fear that He's going to zap us if we don't, but rather out of joy, right? And deep gratitude. It's a kind of a thank you, God, for saving me. Now what can I, what can I do? How can I pay it forward? How can, I, how can I express my love and joy for salvation? Well, by serving. So we serve out of gratitude. And through salvation, our, our past has been forgiven And the present is infused with meaning and purpose and the future is secure. In light of these incredible benefits that we have through the gift of salvation, Paul says in Romans chapter 12 verse 1, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So when we offer ourselves to God, He will use us as instruments of righteousness to effect change. And we exist for the glory of God through lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And on Wednesday afternoon, I had the privilege of having coffee with a new friend of mine. And I sat across the table at Tim Hortons, of course, in my second office and uh, watched God move into this man's life and change him right in front of my eyes. I I tell you, it was just like watching a slow-motion movie uh, as this man embraced faith in Jesus Christ sitting in Tim Hortons and said to me with his eyes filled with tears right after it was over, Pastor, right this very moment... My heart is full of joy. Wow. Praise God. Woohoo! That's what it's all about. And 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 as we as we step out of our comfort zone sometimes to serve God, he miraculously changes people's lives. And finally, we should use our gifts to serve because God urges us, another word might be commands us to serve him. Serving God is not optional. Not really. Not really, right? It's not really optional. It's like, you know, we have like... (laughs) We create a checklist of all these things that we could do as if, you know, there's so many options. And there are options of, of what we could do for God. But actually serving God is not optional. Not if you're a Christian. Not if you love God and love others. Matthew 22... And if you're growing in your faith as God wants you to grow and grow up in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4, 15, then then you'll serve. And serving is not really an option. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve two, God and money. Some of your translations say mammon. You can't serve both. And implied, and implied in that statement is a fact that you will serve one of them. That It's just not optional. You either serve God or you serve the world. You either serve God or you serve money. You, you either serve God or you serve some other idol in your life. There's no middle ground. There's no sitting on the fence. You, you do one or the other. It's black or white. I got a kick out of all these people say, you know, so much of life, you know, is, is in the gray zone, you know? There's just so many things about life, you know? You know just, and truth is so relative. Not according to Matthew six twenty four. Not when it comes to serving. There's, there's no gray zone. It's either black or white. You're either serving God or you're serving money. You, you will, it, so it's, it, it's your choice. It's your choice. You can choose this morning. I'm going to serve God or I'm going to serve something else. When God first reached out in love to touch our lives with His amazing grace, all He had to work with was a bunch of fractured, broken people. But until the day that His work is absolutely finished and complete and Jesus comes again, until that day, He expects us and commands us and urges us to serve Him. In little ways and in big, but serve we must. And some of the deep fractures are still evident in our lives, aren't they? I mean, I'm a a living, walking example of a broken man with all kinds of fractures caused by sin in the past, forgiven by grace. But yeah, there still are fractures, there still are fissures in my life, but I'm not going to let that stop me from serving God by His grace. People use that as an excuse so many times. You know, my life, I got so much going on right now, Pastor, you wouldn't understand. Try me. Just just try me. I, I get it. I understand. You've got all kinds of stuff going on, and you've got this habit and that habit, and you're trying to get right with God in this area and that area, and woo! we can come up with a list of excuses a mile long for not serving God. Service is not optional for genuine believers in Christ. And so with that in mind, we create a little profile of what a serving disciple actually looks like. He or she ser- seeks to serve the local church in a ministry. Uh, they, they discover their spiritual gifts. They pursue opportunities to serve the community uh, in which they live. And he or she finds a way to serve the world to reach people for Christ. That's really broad. And, and, and purposely so. We've, we've We've tried not to be so specific, but rather just open up the window, open up the door and say, this is what a serving disciple looks like. Now, get on your knees and ask God the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you into the very spot that He wants you to serve. I mean, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you exactly where you need to be serving. But God the Holy Spirit, that's His specialty, leading and guiding his sheep beside quiet waters and into green pasture that's what he does he restores our soul so that we can serve him with joy and gratitude that's what he does and he does so he does such a good job of that the holy spirit is a specialist in leading and guiding his people so we want to say okay we need to serve lord where do you want me to serve What do you want me to do? How can I bring glory and honor to your name? And and how can more people's lives be changed for the glory of God through my service? So we present the big idea. We're we're created by God to serve Him, we're saved by God to serve Him. And and, and serving is not optional. Serve we we need to do. We, We must serve. We need to serve. We want to serve. And because God commands us and He urges us to serve. So let's serve Him. Well, let's ask the Holy Spirit to guide us, shall we? Into this area, an area where we can serve Him faithfully. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, we pray this morning that You would dazzle our hearts afresh with Your beauty and love and grace. Lord, once again, cause our knees to to buckle with wonder and our, our feet to dance with delight and our hearts to be filled with overflowing praise for who you are and for what you've done for us. And we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, praying that very thing. Lord, continue to heal the wounds in our hearts and the wrong thinking in our heads. Lord, free us to love God and to love others without conditions. Cause us, Lord, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, and spur us on to serve in freedom and grace and out of gratitude, not out of fear or guilt. Lord Jesus, please help us to love Your church more than we ever have before. See Your hands and Your heart at work wherever we look and live and love to Your glory all the remaining days of our lives. And we pray these things in the holy, joyful, sovereign, grace-filled name of Jesus. Amen and amen.